Welcome to episode 1 of 2019's CrystalCast. In this series we explore the stories behind the headlines and bring you news and opinions from industry heavyweights in order to make specialist finance crystal clear. Lots of headlines have been written recently about the death of Bytelet. Is it true? Is it scaremongering? Is it fake news? On this edition of CrystalCast we decided to explore the topic further in a recent conversation with Mark Goldberg of Together and Joe Breeden of Crystal Specialist Finance. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Before we start, Mark, can you tell us three things about yourself that either no one will know or three things that are surprising? Yeah, well, uh, I have worked at Together. Well, I think it's difficult for me to tell you things that you don't know because I'm quite an open book, but I have been at Together. I'm in my 30th <coughs> anniversary year in 2019 of working at Together. I have four beautiful children. The other thing is is basically I am very passionate about the bridging industry and, and the financial service in the specialised lending um, arena. So, Joe Breeden here. Um, three things about myself that people are likely to know. I'm a, I'm a huge um, Aston Villa fan. I also um, had England trials at rugby and I've got three children. So... In your opinion, what's the biggest challenge currently facing mortgage brokers? I suppose the biggest challenge I would say at the moment is the uncertainty with regard to Brexit. What is going to happen You know, to the property market? The London market continues to be suppressed. Although, if you listen to a couple of things that people have told me in the last couple of weeks, the property market is still buoyant in London. Uh, there's still opportunities, but I think the actual purchase market I think a lot of people are sitting on their hands at the moment waiting to see what would happen which then affects I think the price of properties that that sell Um, but again you know I think we're very good at putting ourselves in the UK reading the newspapers and having a doom and gloom whereas you know in reality I think there was an auction yesterday from a company called Stretton's who said that there was the biggest turnout and he had the record sales numbers so I think there's lots and lots of positives I think we are going to have a tough couple of months um, but I think once we see our well's way through this, I think the UK environment is still strong, unemployment still low, and I think that the market will come back. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to agree most of that. I think you know, the biggest challenge facing brokers is, is probably the uh, the raft of changes to the buy-to-let market over the last two years. You know, the PRA came out with um, a, 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 a set of rule set that, that restricted a lot of lenders. Um, and the government got together with the Treasury um, Department to tax the living daylights out of the um, um, personal ownership um, of buy-to-let. So, you know, I think there's complexities around that. We've had a lot of changes with regards to EPC certificates, um, HMO licensing laws from October last year. Um, So I think just getting abreast of uh, the changing faces within the market, which the guys have been pretty comfortable with, I think has been the biggest challenge um, so far. Um, and we've probably not seen the end of those. Um, again, with uh, taxation relief, still got two years left of, uh, of clawback. You know, sort of moving forwards. Um, but I think moving forwards, I think you know the big challenge for the brokers is going to be diversifying the income from from all the PT stuff that they've been doing for the last twelve months. I think product transfers featured about forty percent um, for account for about forty percent of the income um, for the average broker from a start red last year. 
you know that's not a limitless bottomless pit um, uh, um, moving forwards so I think brokers have got to uh, face up to the specialist market and opportunities that lie within Brilliant thank you Mark, you touched on there the success of the auction yesterday. Yeah. Um, where do you see the most opportunity in the industry currently? I still think buy to let is a huge opportunity. Property itself, you look at the uh, stock market, it's volatile, you know, p- putting money or leaving money in the bank. I think for long term investors, buy to let is still, or property, is still the best investment that you can have in the UK. I suppose going back to Joe's point before, I think the fact the stamp duty, uh, the the increase in stamp duty for 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 people with buy to lets is a problem. I think the back the, the the increase in stamp duty in general is a problem. Yeah. I think anybody yeah, yeah, yeah. now looking at larger properties, you know, <coughs> would think twice when you've got maybe sometimes stamp duty at eighty, ninety, hundred thousand pound. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's a problem, and I think. I also feel that you know the way the PRA is looking at how you do 125, 145, and 160% um, on ICR calculations is probably stopping good customers who have got the affordability to be able to get mortgages in the marketplace, mm-hmm. which is a, which is a real shame. And I think you know there's a lot of buy-to-let landlords, in my opinion, who are business savvy, know what they're doing. Are not relying on the income from the property to live off, but are trying to build a portfolio for for later life, um, and and kind of they're being impacted by those changes. So that's my uh, yeah my yeah no I yeah. absolutely agree with that. But I think you know out of that, you know, there's a lot of opportunity, isn't there? I mean, I think you know both our businesses undoubtedly would have seen an increase in bridging um, on smaller residential yeah. properties where people are looking at enhancing the capital value. So you know, for the last ten years, it's been. Living off the rent, how can I hike the rent? How can I squeeze an extra quid out of it? Well, yeah. now the taxation position through stamp and, and, and interest relief has made that untenable. So these yeah. savvy individuals are, are looking at enhancing property values. Totally. And I think it's, it's you have to look at with regard to the shortage of housing in the UK. Mm. People want to leave home earlier. You know, people are living longer. <coughs> divorces at the highest rate. So there is still a huge demand. Rents are actually increasing across the board. So it is a good, safe investment, Mm -hmm. but mainly for long-term investors. So, you know, buying a property for £100,000 on a Monday and it being worth £150,000 three months later, those days are long since gone. But I think certainly when I think about what people can do by keeping £100,000 sat in the bank account, earning 1% interest, you know, it pales into significance. Um, So I do feel there's there's big, big opportunities. I think we need to make it easier for these sort of people to, to, you know, one of the, you know, we talked about opportunities. People with pensions, they can buy a commercial property but can't buy a residential property. Uh, You know, for me... I think the government needs to take a long, hard look at what they are doing and how they're doing it, and um, you know, make those changes where people can invest. I think pensions, people look at it as a long-term investment. So why shouldn't you be able to buy residential mm-hmm. property, but you're going to buy commercial? Yeah, so, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. I mean, we've, funny enough, we've had a couple of customers. So I mean, you know, the big, the big buzzword of last year was portfolio landlords. Yeah, portfolio landlords here, there, and everywhere, right? And um, we had one customer that looked to incorporate her personal portfolio of 200 properties um, 
down in the south of England, and it was you know from our point of view, it was a great deal. She was fairly low geared. Worked Can you tell her that together we could be stronger. Something like that, not not too far away. You've got to um, make that crystal clear, please. I could, yeah, absolutely. Um, from, without the plug there. Um, so she, uh, we got we got the terms from a lender. Unfortunately, wasn't together because she was particularly rate conscious this individual, um, having been such so lowly geared all of the life. Um, and we we could we could have walked her through that incorporation bit from turning her portfolio from sole trader and Timsey company over a two and a half year period. She had KPMG doing the taxation advice, so she'd gone out and. And, and done the right thing and, and not relied on what a broker was telling her, but actually gone and sought the professional in that field with regards to pension relief. Went to Val, she paid for the, I think it was about £30,000, £20,000 she paid in valuation fees, she got the valuation fees back. And then because of the Brexit uncertainty, she decided to put the whole thing on hold until after we'd left. And the reason wasn't because she thought the house prices Absolutely. might drop, but she actually thought the government would reverse some of the decisions out and, and, and offer us some reliefs as a result. You know, all this stamp duty stuff would be reversed out. She thought some of the ICI calculations might be softened within the residential market. So she's actually hedged paying more tax this year rather than the cost of incorporation, the new refinance, yada, yada, yada. So absolutely, you know, I think I think the government needs to help out. I think a lot of buy-to-let professionals um, in that sector... Um, are desperate for it and crying out for it. I think that, you know, you've touched on something there. I think lots and lots of people are nervous about the property market, what the government's going to do, what will happen with Brexit, that lots of people are sitting on their hands at the moment. But there again, if you've still got lots of cash, this is a great opportunity to potentially, you know, I wouldn't buy a property today and pay the asking price. You know, I'd be offering 10, 15, 20% below that. I think people are worried about Brexit. You know, people who have got high mortgages are thinking of maybe potentially selling up, renting a property. We're seeing that more and more now. Um, so, so I think there's lots and lots of opportunities. I just think we need to see where the next few months go. Mm. But the but the UK will still continue wherever, you know, it'll still continue trading. People still buy properties. People still sell properties. So I think we've just got to embrace it. You know, understand what's happening. Look at digital as being a. You know, you talk about opportunities for brokers. Digital is a fantastic opportunity. I think now this gives us everybody a great time to mm-hmm. look at how automation can play a part in their business. And that's from retail to commercial to, to, to mortgage brokers to lenders. Um, you know, together now, the big focus for us is how do we reduce the cost of processing, underwriting, and completing applications? Because as you, as you get bigger you can't afford to take on more and more staff. Mm -hmm. And I think the customer journey cycle of things is customers now expect to be able to self-serve themselves so they can input their income, they can make a mortgage application at 12 o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. You know, so those days of, you know, call centres and things like that are gone. Um, But where where there is... Where there's a gap, there's an opportunity. And that's what we have to look at as a business. And you've got to evolve constantly. Um, you know, sitting on your hands and saying, oh my God, Brexit's going to happen and what we're going to do and trying to second guess. I think you'll get left behind. I mean, you think, again, I mean, that's a great point about digital. I mean, say you are a buy-to-let investor um, or professional landlord. You think of the tools that these guys have got access to now to research an area, Absolutely. find the property, not the average buying prices, the average market rent. I mean, even 10 years ago and all that stuff was available, you're absolutely reliant on local estate agents and valuers, and now there's 
countless algorithms out there that provide these guys with with data and research. So if you know they do think there's a good opportunity on the on the go, they can instantly stack, make that decision making process um, quicker, and, and 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 hopefully get access to finance. As long as as long as investors focus on yield rather than capital growth, it works. You know, those ones that are focusing purely on capital growth, you know, I never really understood the London market where you buy a property for £500,000 and, you know, you're going to get 3% yield. It just, it never kind of made sense to me. You know, it was interesting. We had a, a, a client that came and see me on Monday who buys property in Scotland and he pays between twenty five and £50,000 for the property. He bought, was telling me, he bought one last week where it's four flats in a building where he paid £30,000. He's got to spend £10,000 making improvements mm. and he can get £1,600 per month in rent. Mm. Wow, amazing. So you talk about opportunity yeah. and as he Both. said, you know, the capital growth, yeah, the £40,000 property or £50,000 property might be worth sixty in 10 years. Yeah. But you think about the amount of income that he's had from that property and if one of them becomes vacant, it doesn't really make that much difference. So... Lots and lots of opportunities. I think people need to think and act differently. Buy to let investors need to think and act differently. You know, it's the quality of the tenant. It's basically making sure you get the right references. More long-term tenancies. Mm. People are now looking at 12, 24 months. Mm. Um, You know, if you can get a good tenant who looks after the property, they'll paint it, they'll decorate it, you know. So, so, uh, you know, for us... I think definitely the, the, the buy-to-let market is still very strong. Um, and it's interesting because, uh, you know, we were talking about where we see with the short-term market. I still think the auction market is a, is, a, is a strong market for people. You know, in an auction, you've got 28 days to complete. Let's face it, there's very few companies that can actually complete in 28 days. I'm not quite sure why that is yet. I'm still trying to work it out. Isn't yeah. that complicated for us? Yeah. You know, it, it's it's like getting dressed in the morning, isn't it? You know, for us, we just get on with it and do it. So, um, but I, I mean, do you think the auction market has been a little bit of a seller's market rather than a buyer's market over the last three or four years? You know, again, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to give out no. specifics here, but we've seen all auction catalogues um, going out there where you know the top end guide price yeah. is probably thirty or forty percent. Under probably what the gavel price is going yeah. to be, you know. Yeah. So, you know, are these guys? Is, is it a case that they're underpricing to over? You know, to, well, I think to, there's to a ga- there's a guide, and then there's a, there's a guide price to what price they will actually sell at. Mm-hmm. So you know, they start off at thirty five thousand pound, you get it up to forty five, and they can't actually sell it because there is a mm. there is a fixed price that they want to get. I still feel that there are. Good properties to, to, to be had in an auction. I think the auctions will change where people don't have to attend anymore. It will yeah. go digital. Yeah. You know, most people have done the homework anyway. Why should you want to go and stand in a room with 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 150 yeah. other people yeah. when you could do it from the, from from your front room? You know, so yeah, yeah, I think yeah. the auction market's going to change. I still think that there is big opportunities for quick transactions to mm. be done. Mm. Um, we're seeing. Banks are definitely asking people to to basically give them a discount if they don't want to be in a particular sector, mm. but you've got to pay your money in 28 days. So again, that, that's a big part of it. And investing in your business. You know, we see the internet now being such a major part of our lives. People need money, money quick money on their business. 
to be able to go and buy some stock, <clears> to be able to then sell it quickly. <clears throat> and they use it more like an overdraft facility because trying to deal with high street banks today yeah. to, for, you know, if you're a small, small business... Um, SMEs, it's really, really difficult, you know. Yeah, and uh, if you're not able to do that, where do you go? I think the challenger banks are morphing into the high street banks. <laughs> so, opportunity in the specialist lending mm-hmm. is something which uh, I would probably say um, people now, if they're told no, it's interesting. We've done some stats, I think you've probably seen it. Is you know, people, if they get told a no, they've no idea what to do, they're almost embarrassed by yeah, it. Yes, that makes sense. So, so, so for us, we see a massive opportunity now. And if you look where rates have gone in the last probably five years in short-term finance, and so we've been doing it, I've been doing it for thirty years, you know. So I've seen what's happened with rates. It's becoming more palatable for people to take short-term funding. And if it takes three, six, nine, twelve months, it's not so much of a problem because you're not paying eighteen and. 19% you know you're down to, to rates of 0.49% a month yeah. which is you know people can actually afford it's fabulous I mean you think about what, where mortgages were you know 15 years ago if it's the first time buy market at 90% you were paying only 7% and now you can bridge for less than that no exit fee yeah. um, and that's on investment or on your occupier um, and you think about the regulated more bridging market today you want to buy a property today and you've seen the house of your dreams and your buyer is pulled out or basically you're in a chain and that falls through yeah. you've seen the dream home your wife's already she's already picked <laughs> the, the, you know, the, the curtains yeah, the buff yeah, yeah. so this is this is now an opportunity it might take longer to sell the property but if the people have got equity in there they see that as a big opportunity and for us what we're seeing is is that mm-hmm. certainly in the in the regulated the space of, of, of um, short-term funding, these are prime, prime borrowers mm-hmm. who, for a short period of time, up to probably six, nine months, they've found the property, they want to buy it, and then they're still going to have their property on the market. And I think that's helping stimulate yeah. the market. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. So I think, there's a, so I think that's a big opportunity. Do you, do, you, do you sort of see... I mean, we, we as a business have probably seen a bit of a spike in it. You know, we've seen a lot of... Um, UK holiday lets or these corporate sort of Airbnb type deals, you know, something that we probably I've never seen before, yeah. maybe the Brexit vote. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of people are hedging on UK holiday makers. Um, you know, it's, I think it's quite an interesting topic for me because some lenders absolutely hate them, some lenders are absolutely fine with it. Yeah. I think that the difficulty I think about the Airbnb stuff is trying to regularise that income. Because it's very difficult to be able to say that you're going to have that property let out for 52 weeks yeah, of the year. Yeah. You know, on a on a short term let, it's six, nine, twelve months. You get that money, and they've got to give a month's notice and everything. The Airbnb, I think it's it's a really interesting model because you get lots more rent for probably a shorter period of time. So so you know, sometimes it's a, a yes, it could be a night right or it could be a week. Yeah. Listen, some of them have it for six, for, for you know six weeks, eight weeks, whatever. Um, you're, I think Airbnb has opened it up to the world to be able to rent mm. properties, whereas yeah. whereas on rentals in the UK, it's normally just just UK people. So we like it, but obviously, as a regulated lender, you've got to be able to demonstrate that customer's got the affordability. So you know there is a there is an algorithm to say how many months, and it's not been going as long. So you so you couldn't put you couldn't put down and say, 
you know, for the last three years, it's been rented out for 40 weeks of the year and you can work on it, it's still a new market. So I think as lenders become more comfortable with the data that's been given, form, yeah, yeah you could you yeah. could work out the affordability. But, you know, together, we're fortunate. We'll take into account, because what most people that have got Airbnb properties, they have got supplementary income. You know, it's not their mainstay. Mm. So we're prepared to take a view as long as the customer can demonstrate that they have the affordability that if that property isn't rented out for a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, if they can afford it. They've got the shortfall. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's the key. It's common sense, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It's really common sense. Yeah. There's really interesting topics there. Right to that market's been talked about heavily recently has been an area of, of demise or an area where people are struggling. As a business last year, we saw huge growth in buy to let. Yeah. Where do you think those customers are coming from? Well, I think first and foremost, limited company. You know, anything limited company was always classified in the old days as commercial. So obviously this business being founded as a commercial brokerage, you know, we, we've always had brokers come to us in the marketplace looking, to, uh, looking for assistance with their commercial transactions. Um, so I think, you know, a lot of unfamiliarity with the limited company, the corporate structure, SIT codes, um, ownership, you know, share percentages, SPVs, all these things um, are quite new te- territory for historic buy-to-let brokers. So, you know, that's probably where I'd say we've seen a, you know, sort of a big spike from. But I think it's become more complex. You know, for me, I think, look at the nature of borrowers that we've seen in the last 12 months. Again, it isn't just limited companies. We've had offshore co's. We've done non-doms, expats, um, you know, you've had to top-size background income, you've got portfolio refinance, HMOs with all their own regulation. Mm-hmm. I think something that was quite a vanilla space before, because of regulation and, uh, and, 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 and the macro environment that we're currently in and a worldwide environment that we're now operating in, you know, that, that, that simple turp two down in, 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 in Walsall led to a family and owning personal names they're getting fewer and far between because the yield and the opportunity probably doesn't lie in that, that, that market. Well, let's face it, who's giving the stats out? If you go to the main high street banks, they've tightened up the lending criteria, they've made it harder for obviously people with their ICR calculations, they're not doing limited companies, they don't want to do portfolio landlords, that's what it's been judged on. If you look at, let's say, in the specialist market, people like Precise, Paragon, yeah. ourselves, you know, we must be... 40% up year upon year in buy to let and there's no shortage of demand and again interest rates being as low as what they are is a real attraction number one number two is you know to put money in the bank today what would be the point on that and I think people who are left properties in wills who obviously become what we what I think it's classed in the traders accidental landlords you know, why sell a property today? You're better off hanging on to it, renting it out, doing yeah. some work to it. Um, people are converting houses into four flats, you know. So I think I think that the perception is is, is that buy-to-let is falling by the wayside. I see it far from it. Mm. I think there's still a huge demand and there'll continue mm. to be. A lot of house builders are, you know, if you it's look... You've got the help. We've well, got the help to buy scheme, which is which mm. is fueling the first time buyer market, and then stock that they've got left is being snapped up yeah. by buy to let buy to let landlords mm. who are probably paying twenty percent, twenty five percent cheaper prices than what they were originally marketing out for the last five six houses yeah. um, or flats. And I would say that most 
apartment blocks that are being built today, probably most of those are for buy to let. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I think, you know, you're absolutely right. And I think another big part of it is education. Mm-hmm. I think there's more education because of the internet and this, that and the other. There's more education around investing in buy to let and, and property, let's say, backed up by a robust legal system, a great land registry, probably, you know, the best land registry in the world. Um, I think it's these guys' confidence compared with the stock market or, you know, what was the what was the phase of two years ago? Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, all these things that are a bit of a, a dark art for some individuals. Well, it's interesting that you said that because the UK is seen as a safe haven with regulation, you know, land registry, solicitors, most other people. You know, in Spain, there's a lot, a lot of people that own the properties. It's not a natural thing for them to do. So if you've got money in any of these sort of states... You would think now they come over to the UK, they buy a property for 80, 100, 150,000 pounds, they can get a rental income from it, it's safe, mm-hmm. it's robust. So I think from, 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 our, from our point of view, we see the UK is still an attraction for overseas buyers to come mm-hmm. in. Agreed. You know, the way the, the way the currency and the exchange rates are they today. Of course, they're doing it. You know, there's people that probably in the last 12, 18 months have probably earned 30% yeah. on their property just from the currency. Yeah. So yeah. it is it is still a huge opportunity. I think it will continue to be an opportunity. You know, until interest rates change dramatically, it is still that, you know, you can get buy to that rates, you know, starting at twos and threes. There is still a big opportunity, and the you know the average yield is four or five. In some areas, mm. it could be six, seven, eight percent. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's yeah. interesting. Most of the people in London think that people places like Birmingham and Manchester, you have to have a passport to get in it because yeah. they can't. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's unheard of. And I think what's what's really sort of interesting is in the last few years, when I tell them you can buy a terrace property in Manchester for forty five grand and you can get five hundred pound a month rent, they're sitting there thinking it must be like something out Coronation Street, yeah, you know. Yeah. But it's there's no all, jobs and not going to pay the rent. Completely, completely. Yeah. And I think that is something that if you track back when properties first got recorded. Yes, there's been blips, yes, there's been recessions, but over that time, they've always continued rising, and they'll continue it. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, it is, buy-to-lets are great for long-term investors. For short-term investors, it is a really risky market. Yeah, and I think the days of people living out of that income are gone. That yeah, is one I thing agree. that's done. I agree. It is now the pension, you know, especially, you know, an added driver I was going to add to that is the fact that people just aren't having the pensions that they once had. Yeah, you know, and, and and gambling away a pension fund on a stock market or investing in your own portfolio, I think it's becoming, you know, the second one's becoming, you know, the matter of choice really for a lot of individuals. So, um, so yeah, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely in agreement with all that. So it's too soon to be writing the obituary of the buy to let market. Just totally, yet. totally. I think with sterling where it's at, and 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 base rate where it's at. I can't see. But I still see, I still see, whatever whatever happens, people will still buy property. You know, it is a, just a natural thing for, for the UK and overseas people. Yeah. There is lots and lots of value and there will continue to be value. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it will be, be will continue at the rate it has been 
only time will tell and we'll know that with interest rates but I think for the foreseeable future you know if you've got money at the moment or you're left money the best thing to do is to invest it in property and try and forget about it. You know, get an you know agents will manage it for you. Yes, you'll have some voids. Yes, you've got to do some painting, decorating, whatever it may be. But that is a regular income that if you can put aside and invest that into buying more properties. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It just yeah. it would help. You know, what's really been unhelpful is the. What the government have done with tax, stamp duty, mm-hmm. and all these different things, it has made it hard. And I think at some point, hopefully, like your lady in uh, with the two hundred properties, I do think at some point Absolutely. the government will look at this and say, "We may, maybe need to relax it." I'm not. I'm not saying they'll abolish it because that won't happen, but certainly relax it because people are. You know, second guessing now or second thinking about, you know, when you go and buy a property for £100,000, you've now got £3,000 stamp duty. That's that's a, a sizable sum for people to now find, and it is putting people off. I mean, I do, you know, absolutely, you know, agree, but I do just hope that the government, now that everyone's incorporating, and there's a lot more transparency around who owns what because it's a company's house and it's publicly available, that you know a new government let's say comes in and all of a sudden the quick win to reduce the government debt is you know increase the corporation tax rate or whatever it is that they might you know just hope that we get a bit of sensibility around what is a great industry from from the government and it's let's face it the government earn a fortune from people who are buying buy-to-let properties in the first place and it is stimulating it because ultimately if people can't get private housing They've got to go to the council, yeah. which puts pressure on the government. Yeah, so yeah. all these things, all you know, it's all linked. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see what happens. Mm. Brilliant. Thank you for that. So if you could make one change to the mortgage industry, what would you be looking at? I think it's, it's an interesting one. The mortgage industry question is for the regulator to understand more about specialist lending because I think they are very good at working with the larger banks and challenger banks. They are less, in, or they've not made as much uh, sort of sacrifice or get to understand the market, I would probably say, in the specialist market, or people who have had problems in the past who need to be looked to the future. Because, you know, you, you look at these now, we're calling them prisoner loans. These are people that are trapped in interest-only mortgages yeah. where the FCA have begun to understand that and are making changes to help them and relaxing some of the some of the income criteria. Um, so I think it would be for the regulator to work more with the lenders, let's say, who are helping customers rehabilitate themselves mm-hmm. through past problems. If you're asking me about what I would like to change within Together, I think automation and basically thinking differently is critical to our business. You know, we've had a business that talks about common sense. You know, the common sense thing is, is that I think 80% of the work we do, we could automate. And the 20% of it is where we still want to have a common sense approach where you say, you know, or Crystal will say, look, can we just, can I have a referral on this? Because, you know, I've looked at what the income is and, you know, the customer doesn't spend... £200 a month on food, bloody, but you know, whatever it is, so you can still have that interaction. So, I think from us, 
we need to be more transformational and that's certainly something that I think this year is definitely going to be something that we invest heavily in because I think if you continue thinking the same way as what we're thinking we'll become dinosaurs Mm -hmm. you know the way a customer interacts today is different to how it was 18 months ago to three years ago to whenever so I think you've got to try and understand you know there's millennials who all they want to do is off the internet and they want to speak to anyone my my era all I want to do is speak to somebody so I think if you can service that customer there's certain parts of, of the mortgage application you can automate there's certain parts of things where potentially you might have to speak to the customer or get them to do something so I think for us, I think the regulator needs to understand the whole market and probably understand it more. And I think from our perspective, I think transformational and automation, but still to understand that there's a customer at the end of the journey, I think is key. Yeah, 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 great points there. You know, you know echo a lot of that thought. Um, the, the big thing for me that I'll add on to that is, I think as an industry, and that includes the regulators, the lenders, the packagers, the associations. I think we all need to do more to uh, to, to, to educate the, the the borrowers and perhaps the smaller brokers out there of the opportunities that that, that lie within. Um, one thing that, that when I was when I was sitting on the board at the uh, the Association of Bridging Professionals um, that, that absolutely astounded me was Rob Jupp um, of Brightstar led a led a charge um, on the FCA to try and update CMAP. So CMAP came out with MCOB in 2004, um, and one thing that absolutely astounded me was that the syllabus for CMAP that brokers are still taking today, in 2019, hadn't been updated since 2004, and it wasn't seen as a high priority from the regulator. So you've got things like regulated second charges, regulated bridging loans, um, all these things, never mind the taxation changes, what constitutes taxation advice or not for buy-to-let landlords now, all these areas within a scope of everyday business for a broker who is CMAP qualified, he has taken an exam that for me is out of date, or was out of date when we were looking at it um, with the ABP two years ago. So I think you know that doesn't just fall on the regulator, that falls on the trade bodies, the lenders, all of these people to work together really to just educate, create awareness, and, and, and ultimately the customer will win as a result. And that's the big, that's the big thing for me. Right, thank you to both of you. That was a really interesting session. I'm sure there's a lot of topics in there that brokers will take away and hopefully contact us to hear more about. Thank you both. Pleasure. Thank Thank you you so much. Really enjoyed it. And if you find any opportunities where you think there's any gaps in the market for us to be looking at, I would welcome the opportunity to discuss it with you another time. Yeah, I think feedback would be good. Yeah. To hear the rest of the series and be notified first of future episodes, hit subscribe. And to discuss any of the topics covered in today's Crystalcast or any other specialist finance requirements, call us on 01827 301070 or visit our website at www.crystalsf.com. Thank you to today's guests and as always, thank you for listening.